Hi, I'm Roger Blackmore. I'm the lead pastor at Genesis Church on Long Island in New York. Thanks for downloading our podcast. I hope it's a blessing to you. If you want to learn a bit more about our church, then check out our website, genesisli.com. And of course, if you live within traveling distance of us, we'd love to see you in person on Sunday morning, worshiping with us. So here's today's message. Enjoy. So last week we started a series which I'm going to follow through the course of this month, which is we called The Vault. And the background to that, most of you will have heard last week, was um, truth is in the 21 years of our church's history, um, both I and other staff have preached a heck of a lot of sermons. And, and there were some good ones. Well, one or two anyway, you know. Uh, but, but there's stuff we might have covered like years ago that's worth taking a look at again. And that a lot of you might not have been with us because a lot of you joined us in the last few years. So, so the vault, the idea is we go back into where the good stuff is and we pull it out. And I've been revamping and taking a look at it. And so in our series, The Vault, I want to look at something today that I called, I Believe God. I Believe God. This actually was a message that was part of a series which we called Retro which was in the fall of 2010. And we had a few retro things. We even had a disco balls. We did. That's how retro we were. And uh, so we did this retro series, which actually was based on the life of Abraham in the book of Genesis. And we were looking back at the story of, of, of Abraham. And what I want to do this morning is pick this up at a certain stage in the journey. The Bible's the best storybook you will ever find. The only thing is you've got to find a copy of the Bible that's in language that's reason would understand, right? Otherwise, it looks like a closed book and gobbledygook. So you've got to find a Bible in language you can understand. I use the message a lot when I'm teaching. I use the NIV for my personal reading. But I want to encourage you, you know, the Bible is just an incredible book full of stories that we learn lessons from. So Abraham was a man that God had told to leave where he was and said, I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you at some point because I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your family. And that really was the start of the story, which is in Genesis chapter 12. In order for Abraham to really get the full benefit of the life God wanted for him, he had to get away from where he was at. And a lot of you know that, not necessarily geographically, but the truth is the start of knowing God means there are things and there are people that we've got to leave behind. And he started this journey and really what happened was he was, a, he was a shepherd, he was a cattle whatever man, he was, you know, he was whatever that is, an itinerant farmer. How about that? Is that good? There's probably a better phrase for that. So, so here he is now, and it's not that he was walking every day, but he settled and, and God would sometimes guide him to some other place to go moving towards where he wanted him to be. So when he left to start this journey, his nephew, who's called Lot, came with him. And there came a point at which Lot had so many sheep and herds of his own, and Abraham's 
were growing that Lot said, look, you know, what we need to do is go separate ways because there's not enough grazing land for all of us. And, and you know what? Our, our shepherds keep fighting each other. So we're family. We don't want to fight. Let's go our separate ways. So Abraham said to Lot, you choose where you want to go. And Lot chose the most lush possible area to take all his flocks and herds, which was near a place called Sodom that most of us will be familiar with the name, right? So he went, he went there. So, so, so he, he went to the best possible place. The only trouble was it was right by Sodom. And Abraham went off in another direction. Well, sometime later, because Sodom was such an evil place, there were, f- there were four different kings from different nations round about who came, and they, they uh, attacked Sodom. And when they attacked Sodom, they defeated their army, they took away a lot of people as prisoners, and they took all of the wealth that there was in Sodom. And one of the people they took with them was they took Lot away as a prisoner. When Abraham heard that Lot had been taken away as a prisoner, he decided he'd better do something. So he got together a group of people that he trusted completely, and he got, he got his army together, 318 people, that was it. And they set off to do battle against these four kings and all of their armies. And guess what happened? Abraham won. You worked that out, didn't you? Why didn't you tell me that you knew the end already and then I could have cut it short? Abraham won. He defeated these four kings. He got his nephew Lot back from them. He got all the, all, the, all, the, all the riches, the wealth of Sodom. He carried that back. He went back to the king of Sodom. The king of Sodom said, wow, this is absolutely incredible. You take all that golden stuff because you're the one who've got it. And Abraham said, no, no, no. It's never going to be said that you made me rich. I'll just take my nephew and I'm out of here. Okay? All right. That's the start of where we're at today, right? That was just the prologue. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. After all these things, this word of God came to Abraham in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield. Your reward will be grand. So after all this, when he got back home with Lot, after the battles were were over, God appeared to him and God said, Abraham, Don't be afraid because I'm your shield and your reward is going to be great. Here he is. God had helped him. God had freed his nephew. God had been with him right the way through. In fact, God had helped him to carry off the impossible. And now God comes to him and says, hey, In light of what just happened, here's the lesson to learn. You don't need to be afraid because I'm your shield and your reward will be great. Here's the learning point from this experience. You don't need to be afraid. And you know, the the problem with, with many of us is this. That there are areas in our lives and there are so many times when God's helped us, right? Oh, that's good. There's three folks here that God has helped. God help the rest of you. Uh, there's, there's, 
right? So, so we're all in a position where God's helped us at times. God has answered prayer. God's done things that were unexpected. God's done things that we thought were impossible. And yet the trouble is the next time something comes in our face, we freak out, right? Because we didn't learn the lesson that God told Abraham after he gave him victory. And the lesson from that victory was, you don't need to be afraid because I'm your shield and your reward will be great. What I've done now, I will do again and I will do again and I will do again. And what I want to encourage you in this morning is this. In, in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, God says, I, the Lord, do not change. So he says, you descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. So, so just look at the first phrase for now. God says, I, the Lord, do not change. You know what that means? That means that the God who protected you then is the God who will protect you now. It means the God who provided for you then is the God who will provide for you now. It's the God who defeated your enemies back then is the God who will defeat your enemies right now. So we learn from past experience this simple lesson, God can be trusted. So I stand here today and I say, you know, here's the title I gave today's teaching, and it's a real simple one. I believe God. I believe God. There's got to be some central point for our lives and for our faith that we come back to over and over again. And the constant is this, God doesn't change. So I believe God. I trust God. In James chapter 1 and verse 17, it says this, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Amen. Every good gift comes from God. And God doesn't change. You know what that means? That means that I've received so many good gifts from God already, but God's still the God who loves to give us good gifts. So God's still going to be good. Amen. God's still going to provide. God's still going to help me because he does not change like shifting shadows. Listen, we cannot live, must not live by our own emotions, our own fears, or the expert opinions of others. We've got to take the faithfulness of God as our foundation. The God who has met me will meet me. The God who has been with me will be with me. I believe God. I don't know where you're at today, and I don't know what you're facing. And I do know this. Some of the stories I know of folks in our church families, they're facing some real serious stuff right now. But I want to tell you this. The bottom line through it all is our God's track record proves that He can be trusted. So our testimony needs to be whatever others say and whatever might find its way into my head from time to time. The reality is this. I'm not going to give way to fear. I believe God. So God appeared to Abraham, and he said this to him. The first thing he said was, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. There are thousands of fears, defined fears, some weird ones. There's a couple of things I'm afraid of. I don't like heights. 
Like, if you put me in a hotel room on the, like, 11th floor, I'm fine. I'm fine back here looking out the window, but I don't want to come to the window and look down. Right? If I come to the window and look down, I absolutely freak out, you know? I don't know if some of you remember, in, in Tower 1 of the World Trade Center, there was, a, there was an observation deck right at the top. And, and there, around part of the edge, there was a glass floor. And you could actually step on the glass floor. And it's like, no, no, I'm done. I'm good. I'm good. I took friends there once, and they said, hey, let's check this out. I said, yeah, you're good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't do that. I'm, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm terrified. That kind of thing just freaks me out. I'm afraid of dentists, and you know, you'll realize that every time you see me smile. But I'm like, I, no, it's, it's like a pathological fear. I, I just can't do the dentists. And I've got the greatest dentist, Christian guy, wonderful guy. But it's like, I can't do this. I, I, I'm, you know, if I'm going in for a cleaning, I, I really need to be anesthetized. You know, I, I really do. You know, I remember years ago in the UK, I just went in for a checkup, not a cleaning, just a checkup, which probably took about two minutes. And uh, Jill had been with me because I, I really like to have company if I'm going to do something as brave as that. And, uh, and when, I came, when I came out, she said, uh, what did they do? You, you, you're all white. I said, she said, you're so pale. What did they do? I said, nothing. <laughs> right? Yeah, we've all got stuff, right? And it's, you know, it's, it's not logical. It's not, but, 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 but that's the way it is. And, and, you know, fear can be something that really torments us. Uh, the, the, the phrase, fear not, you'll have heard this before, fear not or don't be afraid or something like that, actually occurs 365 days in the, sorry, I just messed that up. Let's start again. I'm heavily medicated. <laughs> it actually, all right, that phrase occurs 365 times in the Bible. That means there's a fear not for every day of the year, right? Apart from February the 29th every four years and you're on your own for 24 hours, okay? But, <laughs> but, but, the, but the fact is, it, it's like, I, I do think sometimes numbers are, are, are interesting and significant in the Bible. So 365 days, it says, don't be afraid. And, and, and you know what? The fact is, there's things that can cause us uh, su such incredible anxiety and cause us to be worried and can rob us of our peace. So God comes to him, and God says to him, don't be afraid, Abraham. You know what I love about that? When you look at that on the screen, I'll tell you which word I love most. I love Abraham. You know why I love that most? It's because God knew his name. I like that. And God knows your name. And God knows my name. And I'm not just somebody who's here in church on Sunday morning, and you're not just somebody who's here today, but the reality is God knows us, and He knows who we are, and He knows where we're at. And God came to him, and He spoke to him by name. And my prayer this morning is that you will hear God talk to you in a personal sense. So that what I'm saying won't just be something that kind of feeds the mind to some degree, but it touches your heart. And you go to here saying, you know what? That bit was for me. And the miracle of preaching is that happens over and over and over again and week after week after week. Sometimes folks say to me, did, did you prepare that just for me? And I say, yes, I did. 
Oh, then I clarified, no, I'm kidding. No, it's what God does. Because God cares about us as individuals. No one is insignificant. There is nobody in here today who does not matter to God or matters less to God than anybody else. God said to Abraham, don't be afraid. And then here's what he went on to say. He said, don't be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield. I'm your shield. So coming out of this experience, he says, don't be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield. You know, you know sometimes when kind of you, you, know, you might not be feeling too happy with life and stuff, and somebody says, cheer up. What do you want to do? You want to smack them, right? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. You want to smack them, right? Like, if it was easy as that, I'd have done it. Stupid. Huh? But, but you do. You know, you don't do it because you're a Christian, and it's Sunday. But that's, you know, but, but, but you know, when God speaks to Abraham here and says, don't be afraid. Now, it's all very well to say to some, you know, if I say to somebody, you don't, you don't need to be afraid. He said, yeah, it's okay for you. Don't be afraid. It's going to be qualified by something. Give me a reason why I don't need to be afraid. So God gives Abraham a reason why he doesn't need to be afraid. Lynn, I've messed you up because I've jumped over a chunk of stuff here, or else we'd be here till Easter. So, so he says, you don't need to be afraid because I am your shield. I am your shield. Now, some of, some of you will, will be aware of the fact that in the sixth chapter of the letter to the Ephesians, Paul talks about us having the armor of God on. And he talks about the shield of the Spirit. Or he talks about the shield, sorry, let me, the shield of faith. He talks about the shield of faith. And he says, you know, we, we've got to face life with the shield of faith. That is trusting God uh, and using our trusting God to repel all the negativity that the devil sends our way. And, and that's true. But here in Genesis, we're getting an even bigger picture. It's not that you need the shield of faith. It's this. It's that God says, I am your shield. I am your shield. I am the one who will protect you. I'm the one who's out there in front of you. He doesn't have to be afraid, and you don't have to be afraid, because between you and anything that might do you harm is God. Right? And God's saying, Abraham, I want you to learn this from what just happened, the way I just helped you defeat these kings and save your nephew. I want you to learn this, that going forward, you don't need to be afraid because I am your shield. Sometimes, you know, we might feel kind of fragile ourselves. Like, this is my life. And it's like, there's nothing to it, and maybe I'm not that important even. But here's what the Bible says in Colossians 3 and verse 3. If this is my life, it says, your life is now hid with Christ. So I'm not out here all by myself. Here's where I'm at. I'm in Christ. And you know what that means? That means if you want to get to me, you've got to penetrate him first and get through him. And then it goes a step further. It says, 
your life is hid with Christ in God. You really want to get me? No chance. No way. Here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. And you know who's holding me? God's holding me. My life is hidden with Christ in God. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Abraham, don't be afraid because I am your shield. Psalm 91 verse 9 says this, because God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home, evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. I love this. I love this psalm, and I love what it says there. Because God's your refuge, evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through your door. Now, you might say to me, too late, Rog. It's in already. But I want to tell you this. Trouble is going to happen. Difficult things are going to come. Trials are going to be a part of this life. But what the Bible tells us there is they cannot harm us. Hello? They cannot harm us. There are things that will come our way, things we wish didn't come our way, things we had prayed that God would take away. But God, who's got the whole picture, says, I want you to know this. Through every trial you may go through, the reality is this. Evil is not going to get a grip on you, and harm is not going to happen to you. I love that. God says, I am your shield. I am your shield. Psalm 125 in verse 2 says, Mountains encircle Jerusalem, and God encircles his people. Always has, always will. God encircles his people. So you want to get to me? You've got to get through him. Let me know how that works. Right? God encircles us. Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. And then here's what he says. And your reward will be grand. I'm your shield. <laughs> and he's like, something, you know, something terrific is going to come out of all these things. Your reward will be grand. Now, Abraham had just told the king of Sodom, I don't want all your gold and valuables and stuff that I've managed to get back for you. He said, I don't want any of that stuff. And God says to Abraham, don't worry, Abraham, you're going to have a grand reward. And now, actually, a lot of translations of the Bible put it this way. God says, I am your shield, and I am your great reward. I like that, because you know what? The best thing you can have in life is to know God. The greatest treasure you can have is Christ in you, isn't it? So it's like, you know, okay, God, you know, so what stuff have you got for me? And God says, I'm your reward. And so many of us here this morning would testify to the very fact that we are so rich today because we know the God who loves us infinitely, the Christ who died for us, and our lives are hidden with Christ in God. That's a great reward, isn't it? Don't be afraid, he said. I am your shield and I'm your 
great reward. So God says, I'm your great reward. But Abraham said, uh, but what else you got? Verse 2 of chapter 15. But God said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? God had told Abraham he was going to be the father of great nations, but he had no children. So he's saying, God, yeah, you know, you're saying you're my reward and, you know, I've got precious little else. I don't have any child and it looks like kind of my servant's going to inherit everything I've got. Abraham said, you've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord. And he credited it to him as righteousness. God said, Abraham, your family is going to be greater and more significant than you could ever appreciate. Abraham, I'm going to bless you more than you could ever imagine. And Abraham believed God. What I want to encourage you to do this morning is to believe God. To believe God with whatever you're facing, with the greatest obstacle you've got, to say, you know what, I'm going to believe God because God's my shield and God's going to bless me beyond my understanding. Amen? Amen. God is my shield and God's going to bless me beyond my understanding. Turn to the person on your left and say, God is my shield. Okay. Then turn to the person on your right and say, God's going to bless me more than I can imagine. Amen? God is my shield, and God's going to bless me more than I can imagine, and I believe God. Now, you might look at your life right now and say you've got no grounds and no foundation for believing God, but I want to tell you this. You've got far more than you ever realize, and here's where it goes. Now, in a moment, we're going to share communion together. Okay, those of you who thought I was finishing early, that doesn't happen when I'm up here, Okay. So, we're going to share communion together because it ties right into what I'm talking about now. So, what we're going to do just now is our welcome team are going to pass around um, our regular offering buckets, but this time you take out from them instead of putting in, all right? And there's our little celebration cups that we use for communion. So, what I want you to do as they're passing them is just to take one. If you're a guest with us, our, our communion... I'll take that one. Thank you. Our, our communion is not a, um, you know, we're, we're, it's not kind of a secret society. Everybody's welcome to join in this with us. If you are watching us on our website or on Facebook Live right now, you're going to have two or three minutes. I want to encourage you. Um, you don't have these, but I want to encourage you. Just take a glass of something. Find a glass of something for a moment and go get a wafer or a piece of bread or something like that. And I'm going to encourage you to share with us. Because here's, here's why this is significant. God pointed Abraham back to the slaughter of those kings. And he said, straight after that, he said to Abraham, don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. I'm your shield, and your reward is going to be great. He pointed to what he had done and said, in the light of that, you don't ever need to be afraid. And you know that I'm your shield, and you know that I'm going to bless you beyond your imagination. Now, here's where you and I are at today. We didn't just come from slaughtering four kings. But I tell you where we're at today. We don't look back to that. What you and I do is we look to the cross of Christ. And here's what Romans chapter 8 tells us. It says, He, that is God the Father, He who did not spare His only Son, but freely gave Him up for us all, how will He not, along with Him, also freely give us all things? In the light of the fact Christ died for us, the Bible says we don't need to be afraid of anything because the God who sent His Son on our behalf, if He did that, I don't need to be afraid. I know He's got me, and I know I'm going to be blessed. So I want us to pause just now and just Use the simple things that Jesus said we should do, could do, to remember the fact he died for us. It was the night before his death that he was celebrating the Passover with his disciples. And he, he said to them, he took bread and said, this is my body that's broken for you. I want you to do this remembering me. He said, I want you to remember what I've done. I want you to remember what that means. Not just that Jesus was afraid we'd forget about it, but he wanted us to remember the significance that the God who gave his son is the God who will freely give us all things. The God who sacrificed his only son is the God who will make sure that the, whatever happens in the course of this life, that we are protected, we are provided for. And Abraham believed God. And as we, what I want to do, and I'm fiddling to do it, is there's a top film here on these celebration cups. If you can manage to, got it, to get the top film, there's a little wafer inside the initial lid. And, and if you can take that wafer out and just hold it for a moment. Because here's what happened. After... God made a promise to bless Abraham. Here's what happened. It says, and Abraham believed God. I'd like us to take this way for this morning. Thinking about Christ dying for us. And just saying, and I believe God. I believe. Can we just say that together? I believe God. And let's eat together. Then Jesus took a cup of wine, and we've got, if you take back the second film, we've got a little thing of grape juice there. And here's what he said. He said, remember my blood was shed for you. If the Son of God would die for me, 
what wouldn't he do for me? And he said, remember this. Remember this. Remember your life is hidden with Christ in God. I believe Christ died for me. Can we say that together? I believe Christ died for me. Let's drink together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that on the basis of who you are and of what you've already done for us, that we can live with absolute confidence, believing God. I believe God. I believe the God who sent his son for me is the God who will keep me, will protect me, who is my shield and will bless me beyond measure. Lord, we lift our hearts and we lift our voices today way above anything else that might be threatening to overwhelm us. And we state, I believe God. Amen. I'm going to ask you, we're just going to do a couple of things. One is the welcome team are going to pass the buckets again so you could drop your empty thingy-majig into the bucket. And then let's stand and let's just